Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. So Phil, today we're excited to welcome Jessica Stenzel to the Sea Captain Way podcast. Jessica has just come on board as a new executive coach at Sea Captain Coaching. She's a lifestyle coach and consultant who helps professional women step into the highest version of themselves to live a life full of abundance. Her experience includes serving as a chief recruiting officer for a Fortune 100 company. In this role, Jessica oversaw the development, management, and refinement of sourcing, recruiting, and selecting full-time financial representatives, as well as guiding leadership in all aspects of recruiting and selection. Welcome, Jessica. Welcome, Jess. Right. Yeah, good to have you here. That was a mouthful, Greg. (laughs) You're way too young to have accomplished all those things, but uh, it's great to have you and uh, really excited about our work together in the future with Sea Captain. We've already had some real neat uh, experiences so far, and uh, and so I'm looking forward to today's show. So, Greg, let's uh, let's start yeah, it off. Yeah. So, you both have worked together previously in corporate America, and both had success. So, Phil, what was it about Jessica's background, experience, and skill set that led you to bring her on board at Sea Captain Coaching? Well, it's really a lot of admiration from afar because. Uh, she started working in an office that I was a part of at one time, but I had moved away and managed my firm up east. But we met a few times. Her energy was terrific. And then I just started to notice her presence on social media and what she was trying to accomplish in her coaching brand. And we happened to cross paths in an office and I said, uh, hey, would you be interested in talking about working together on a project or two and push came to shove and we had some conversations and it just was such a great alignment mm-hmm. um, of core values and vision and mission. So um, that just made it a, a real easy conversation. Jess, anything you'd add to that uh, from you? Yeah. Well, one of the things I'll say is I just feel like when we met up in the office, that was a complete God wink. You know, it was just, it just seemed like perfect timing and um, the stars were aligning, you know, we needed to connect and collaborate. And I'll echo what you said. The reason I'm so excited, well, first of all, is because I respect you, Phil, and I believe in the work, you know, that you've done and what you are doing now and will be doing in the future. And I also feel we just, we do have some similar philosophies. And we talked a lot about that when we were in some initial conversations and really those being like leading people first and helping them become the best version of them. And then all of those goals, all those metrics, all the things that they're trying to achieve, that will all come as a caveat or because they're leading themselves, like all of those goals will turn into reality. So honestly, for me, it was a no brainer when Phil presented that opportunity And I'm just excited to be able to add Phil to my list of mentors. I've been blessed with some amazing mentors in the past, and I'm just Mm -hmm. really grateful. And, you know, this allows me to help more people. And that's my life mission as well. And so I'm grateful for that, too. So I'm just excited to be here and chat with you all and just excited about the future, too. 
Yeah, well, it sounds like Jessica is locked and loaded. Phil, can you share the story you told yeah. <laughs> you told me about when you were trying to figure out a time for her to start? I thought that was pretty interesting as far as her. Yeah, quick sidebar. You know, I'm always conscious of our team and because of the growth we've had in the brand to make sure I'm not putting undue burden on onboarding new coaches. And so Jessica and I were having lunch and and we're having a conversation. And I'm like, you know, I probably we you know, look at onboarding you in the mid-year and then, you know, we'll definitely get some traction by the end of next year. She looked at me, she goes, what about now? (laughs) And I go, what? She goes, what about now? I'm ready to go. And it was really hilarious. I just said, my eyes got big. I almost had a little bit of shock because she was just so ready. Yeah. And that says a lot about the trust level. Um, yeah. so that was a funny little yeah, aside for, for us. Sure. Yeah. A closer after your own heart. <laughs> yeah. um, so Jessica, th- this is kind yeah, right. of a, a follow on to the initial question. So I've had the opportunity to watch Phil and his team continue to grow and expand the sea captain coaching, coaching staff and their service offering and clientele over the last couple of years. What was the opportunity you saw and why did you decide to join sea captain coaching? What were you looking to bring to the table? Did you saw the opportunity? Yeah. I mean, I think what I liked the most was just the common philosophies, like I said, of just, you know, really the focus is to lead people. And in my own coaching brand, that has been something that I have really focused on. A lot of the people that I've been working with is women. That's just Mm -hmm. who has come into my world thus far. And it's just really them first, their well-being first, you know, their their career goals, yes, super important, but that's just a piece of the puzzle. Really, it's it's our life goal, right? It's our life's work. That's what we need to be focused on. And so I heard a lot of that in in Phil in terms of what he was saying. And so that definitely, you know, piqued my interest, just so much alignment there. But then again, like I said, I trust Phil. We've known each other for years. I like his energy just as much as well. And so it just felt like a really cool opportunity and, you know, mm-hmm. one that I wasn't going to hesitate on, obviously, because sure. <laughs> I was I was ready to go after that lunch. That's great. And can I ask yeah. you, what is your favorite part about being a coach? Yeah. I mean, hmm. you Good know, question. there's a lot of things that go into helping women get from point A to point B, right? But I, what I love to see the most is, is truly that transformation, obviously. I love watching them move the needle in specific areas of their lives and then seeing this confidence exude out of them like never before because they're more consciously leading their lives and doing things on their terms. And mm-hmm. I just, I think so often, sometimes we kind of walk through our days very unconsciously, right? Like with not a whole lot of intention and we wonder why we are where we are. And so I love seeing women take control, be intentional and really take the reins. And because of that, they have these transformations in these different areas of these, of their lives that they were looking for. Yeah, that's so cool. And uh, great question, Greg. Let's actually unpack that a little bit more because I think that's some really cool stuff. And, you know, I know you collaborate with a lot of aspiring current female leaders, coach them how to show up every day, how to present their leadership brand with confidence. Maybe tell us uh, about how you work in that highest version of themselves, maybe an example or two that creates success and fulfillment for their career. 
Yeah. So one of the the things that I feel like has been coming up a lot lately this year, it's kind of been like this theme. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's because this is something that I had to work through myself. And so now I'm equipped to be able to teach other people this concept. And in our work, right, a lot of times we get asked, okay, hey, Phil, here's my goal. What do I need to do in order to achieve blank? You know, so I'm asked that all the time. Okay, Jess, like this is my goal. What do I need to do? And so I kind of turn the tables on them and ask them a very simple question. And that is, who do you need to become in order to achieve it? So initially, I think we start asking the wrong questions. Initially, we jump right into, okay, what do I need to do? Right. And just get going. And that's all good. Right. But I think that the first step and the most important step is to take a step back and really understand who do we need to become in in order to achieve what it is that we want. And I believe if there's a secret to success, like that's it. I think that is really the golden ticket. And especially for women, because like I said, I do work with a lot of women and sometimes we kind of need help like in the confidence department, especially if we haven't done something before or if we haven't achieved something in a particular area. You know, I know that to be true for myself. So it isn't so much of like, what do we need to do right away? Because we haven't quite built up the confidence and then doing those things don't necessarily last long term. So I just think that first we need to discover and embody the version of us who achieves the goals that we want and start showing up as that version today. It's like we need to take on that identity. So what I'm talking to my clients a lot about right now is to really imagine themselves at the end of 2023. So a year from today, you're sitting with your cup of coffee you know, you have the Christmas tree lights on, it's cozy, you know, like really painting the picture. It's over the holidays and you've accomplished everything that you set out to accomplish. Everything that you wanted to achieve in 2023 has been checked off your list. Like you did it. So there's a different person that's sitting with their cup of coffee at the end of next year than who you are today, right? So it's just asking ourselves, okay, how does that version show up in the day-to-day? What's their habits? What's their mindset? And as often as we can, start being that version today. And the coolest thing about this is it's not about changing who we are. It's not about showing up inauthentically. Because I believe if you have these visions for yourself, if you have these goals, it's because they're meant for you. So you are more than capable of doing them. All we are trying to do is pull this next best version of you that's already within you. We're just pulling her more to the surface Mm -hmm. and we're just acting as her now. So this is just, I mean, the perfect time of year, you know, it's end of year. Yeah, right. And I just think we just, you know, you think about your goals And you just ask yourself, what would this version of you or how would this version of you show up? What would they prioritize? What's their presence like? Their mindset? Mm -hmm. You know, how do they take care of themselves? Like, what are the habits and behaviors, you know, we need to add, subtract. So you're more in alignment to that. So it's just, again, getting super curious about who that is. And as often as you can, channeling that. Mm-hmm. throughout your day because that's what's going to pull you forward. That's gets what's going to help you 
do the things that are challenging. That's what's going to help you stick it out when it's really tough, right? When you're ready to give up, you ask yourself, well, wait a minute, what would this next best version of me do in this situation? And then you go do that. Because that version of you who's sitting in front of the Christmas tree, achieving all the goals that she wanted to set out, like they didn't give up, right? So it's just truly about channeling this future version version, mm-hmm. and showing up as that person as often as you can. I'd love the way you wow. phrase that, who you need to be to achieve your goals. I've heard professional athletes do like creative visualization. And I remember reading Jack Nicholas saying when he stepped up, you know, back in the day in his prime in a big tournament to a putt, he's like, I would imagine it, what it was going to look like when it went in. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just pictured I was going to unfold in my head and I'd step up and do it. So that's cool the yeah. way that you have used that in a business context. That's awesome. You know what I, I do, Greg, it's, it's similar to that Nicholas story is when I'm hitting a golf ball. I think about what it would be like if it wasn't in the woods. <laughs> so it's really similar. It's pretty close. Yeah, what it? was your, your comment? Didn't you take a lesson and the guy said, what's your pre-shot routine? And you said, uh, the, the, by what? Yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> was one routine. when I got my first lesson. Right? I, there is a routine? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. You, you'd think somebody that does what I do would have a better uh, strategy around that. But anyway. Right. So yeah, I wanted to follow up with another question for Jessica. So Jessica, your experience includes serving as a chief recruiting officer for a Fortune 100 company where you oversaw the development and management of sourcing, recruiting, and selecting full-time financial representatives. Um, A recent report by Cerulli Associates found that more than 35% of advisors who collectively control over $10 trillion in assets are projected to retire in the next 10 years. So, you know, the leadership torch is being passed to a new generation of advisors. How do you coach recruiters to find the right candidates for the firms you represent? Yes. Mm, good, good question. Yeah, great question. Finding the right financial representative is really like finding a needle in a haystack. <laughs> Anyone mm-hmm. that's in recruiting for financial advisors or just, you know, recruiting in general, it's hard to find the right candidates, right? It's really hard to find the perfect match. It does take a crazy amount of people that as a recruiter, we have to connect with in order to find that right person. So this might sound really silly, but I think the key to finding the right candidates is simply just not giving up. (laughs) I mean, truly, I mean, that sounds so, but that's what it is. I mean, we just have to keep moving forward. There is more to it, of course, but that's generally the big picture. So it's just really wrapping your head around, you know, hey, this next person that I meet, this next referral that I get, this could be, you know, the next contract. This could be the next most successful financial advisor out there. But if I give up, like there's no way that I can get to that person. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is just true in life, like with anything, like you could fill in the blank on any goal. You know, I talk to a lot of my clients, they're recruiters, medical device sales, pharmaceutical sales, you know, business owners. And the number one thing is, is we just have to keep showing up. And Mm -hmm. we're all kind of waiting for this magical candidate to drop at our lap or this big breakthrough to happen. But the momentum you've built by showing up consistently causes the breakthrough to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. breakthroughs, they don't just come to you. It might look like that from the outside, 
But people who make it big, it's because they showed up every single day. And so what I talk a lot of times with our recruiters about is really finding one thing that you can do every day that you can control that's going to move the needle in your business. So a lot of times for recruiters, that might be so many referrals in a day. Have a goal every single day that you're going to bring in five referrals and just be so hyper-focused on that and let go of the rest. Let go of the outcome. Let go of the rejection. If you got your five referrals that day, you just got yourself a win. And you're moving, you're moving the needle, you know, in terms of where you want to go. Yeah. It's always process over goals, right? Yeah. Uh, when we stay focused on knowing what our end game is and just focus on the steps to getting there, we are so much more f- effective and we can trust, if we can trust our process, then we know it's going to, cu- mm-hmm. it's going to work out. You know, at Sea Captain, uh, Jess, uh, We place an emphasis on helping clients transition from being successful sales leaders to becoming CEOs and developing a mindset so that they can become a CEO in their organization. This includes everything from mastering emotional intelligence, effective listening, trusting their teams. I know a core tenant in your recruiting process is connecting successful professionals to entrepreneurial opportunities. Now, How have you been able to find candidates who have the right stuff and embrace these entrepreneurial opportunities to thrive? Yeah. So, well, part of it, like I said, is just keep charging forward (laughs) to find those right candidates. But when you are in front of those right candidates, you do want to really sell them, right? Like you want to attract them to the opportunity. And so a big thing is it's just so important to connect what they want out of life to your particular opportunity. People have to have, you know, why power. And Mm -hmm. this has to be so strong for them that they'll stay in it for the long haul. And, you know, everyone who's running a business knows it's not an overnight success. It's a roller coaster. So as recruiters and leaders, we really need to first understand what the candidate wants out of life and then show them how this opportunity can really be a vehicle to them achieving that type of life. Because then it becomes about the big picture, right? It becomes about ultimately what it is that they want. And then them knowing, hey, if I do this work here, I will get to live the life that it is that I want. And that's priceless. If you can match the two of them up, why would they go somewhere else, right? So yeah, that's my tip there is just really finding that match. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I'm I'm picking up on a theme of uh, the trait you and Phil have in common, which is relentless. Yeah. <laughs> Bender is one of the that's most fair. relentless people I have ever met in my life. And it's not going anywhere with age. It yeah. maybe even is elevating. I believe if you don't give yeah. up, you will ultimately get to where it is that you want to go, right? Like it's, that's yeah. just how it how Yeah. It works. What's the Babe Ruth quote where he said, it's hard to beat somebody who never quits, mm-hmm. never gives up? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I wanted to follow on on the recruiting front, Jess. So you've helped develop full-time recruiters in your role as a chief recruiting officer and collaborate with leadership members in all aspects of recruiting and selection. Can you share some of the insights and tips you share with company leaders to help 
make their recruitment strategies more effective? Yeah. Well, okay. So I, my history is doing the recruiting, right? So I am a recruiter. Mm. So I'm going to preface that before I say this statement. But my first thought is, is you won't be effective without a recruiter. So you have to start there. You want to, you know, retain your recruiters and keep your recruiters. And just like, you know, I shared the entrepreneurial candidates, you know, what they want, it's the same for recruiters. So in order to have an effective recruiting machine, right, in order to have those growth partners, you want to have someone in that role that sees how their life's purpose can be fulfilled through them hitting the goals in the organization. And they want to feel a part of, you know, the big picture too, right? The recruiter Mm -hmm. role, you know, it can be tough. Something where, at least from my experience, you've kind of started over every month. You know, you're always looking for the next person, right? That needle in the haystack. It can be very exhausting. So how can you kind of fold them into more? And I do have a really quick story that I want to share that was just a really pivotal moment in my career. And I think it will just really land this this point home. So like we've alluded to, I spent 12 years at a financial services firm, Northwestern Mutual, and still associated with them today. But in my career, um, you know, this was probably 10 years ago. So I was only a few years into my recruiting career. And I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. I was struggling with disappointment. I was just not feeling confident with what I was doing. I was just unsure, like, is this for me? And I was pretty close to just looking for something else because I just was not sure what, you know, I just, I just was lacking that confidence. And my managing director came in at the time, randomly, he came into my office and said, you know, Jess, I just want you to know that I see you as a business partner. And that one sentence, like, I don't even know if he still remembers (laughs) that he said this, but that one sentence, it was a three minute conversation, you know, whatever. But that one statement changed everything for me. So to know that I was viewed as something so much more than just a recruiter was game changing. I was willing to run through the walls, you know, to make, to hit goals after that point. And so again, it's loving on your people. It's Mm -hmm. um, connecting what they want out of life and how they can get that through the goals of your organization and just letting them know that there's something more than just recruiting people to their organization. You know, there's more, there's more to it. Right. And so, um, that I mean that that one conversation honestly changed my life and wow. is why I am where I'm at today for sure. And that is so cool. And that leads right into really our final question, which is retention. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is a severe issue in all aspects of employment now. And I've read like everybody else, millennials, younger generations don't stay in jobs for too long. They're more interested in career exploration than climbing the corporate ladder. While some think that employees just need to, our employers, excuse me, just need to accept higher turnover rates with these groups. There's another school of thought, and I'd say the sea captain thought, the Jess Stenzel thought, that there's another way to get this done. And so in your experience, what do you think millennials, younger generation, as part of engaging employer business culture, 
what can be done there to lead to more long-term relationships? Yeah. Well, again, it's kind of what we've been talking about is just, can they see themselves achieving their life's purpose through your organization? So again, it's just really taking the time to understand your people and what they want, where they're going in life, what they want their life to look like, what their core values are, you know, what energizes them, you know, what brings them joy. Like it's just, it's really just kind of having these conversations and then consistently checking in, right? And like, are we moving the needle on this? Do you feel like you're, you know, living your life's purpose? Do you feel the impact that you're hoping to feel? And just really working through that together and almost seeing them as not like an employee, but again, a partner. Like we're partners in this. And of course, right, there's the managers and there's the bosses and there's, you know, a hierarchy to all of this. But I almost think what we need today, especially with this younger generation, is the hierarchy. Like we've all earned our spot, but we can reach down and pull people up. You know, like we can. We can connect to the newer people and just really help them paint a vision for what it is that they want to do and how this will allow them to live the lives that they that they want to live. And it's really interesting that we're recording this today because I have a fresh thought around this question. I was running a training here in um, our St. Louis office and we played a Simon Sinek video and it was all about you know, leading people and fostering great relationships with people. And what Simon Sinek was saying is he was walking, he was sharing this story about how he was walking down the street with a friend and there was someone in front of him that was having papers fall out of his backpack. And so Simon just reached down, you know, it wasn't a big deal. He picked up the papers and helped him, you know, put it back in his backpack and told him, hey man, your backpack's open. You know, I just wanted to let you know and whatever. They went on their way. Well, they were walking into a building and someone held the door open for them and they said, hey, you know, I saw you help that guy. That was really cool. And Simon was just blown away because in his in his mind, that wasn't really that big of a deal. But to this person that saw it, it was a huge deal. And then that person went on to help somebody else. Right. So it's like, yeah, yeah, so sometimes I think we overthink it too much and we just try to make it complicated. Like, it's just really, let's connect with our people. Let's help our people. Let's do the small stuff that does over time build into something larger. And then that's where you build loyalty. That's where you build relationships. Again, that's where you build how my managing director did to me. I was willing to go through the walls to hit the goals, right? Like, that's where you build this like really great camaraderie and culture. So yeah, I'm not on the side of let's just, you're just going to have to rehire people every 18 months. I'm on the side of like, let's make our hires matter and Mm -hmm. really dive into those relationships. So good. So good. And you know, I always say this, uh, Greg's heard me say it a hundred times. If people can achieve their vision through your vision, they have no reason to ever leave. And, and are we aware of that vision? And one of the things we do with the diagnostic tool is we make sure that personal goals are mm-hmm. on there. Design statements are on there now. Vision, mission. These are pieces that role clarity is another one so that people know what their role is because so many times they don't and they get lost. 
it culture is not just what do you do for happy hour anymore. Okay. Uh, if anything, COVID fixed that yeah. problem. So it's all about how are you going to grow within this firm? And when people have a plan for it and employers pay attention to it, boy, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Jess, this is uh, such a pleasure. Again, even more energized about you being affiliated with us now. And uh, how do clients, potential clients, prospects get a hold of you in order to engage in a conversation? Yeah. Well, I, a lot of what I do is through social media, to be honest. So I am very active on Instagram and I kind of think of that as my personal blog. So you do get, you know, some great mindset stuff, some great coaching tips, you know, all through my Instagram, through my stories, through my posts, through reels, through lives. Um, I do different live series where I'll hop on for 15 minutes and just kind of coach, you know, to whoever comes on or wants to listen to the playback. So honestly, that is one of the best places to reach out to me. Um, I'll always let people know on Instagram as well, different workshops I'm putting on, one-on-one openings and things like that. So you guys might have show notes, but my my handle is at jess.stenzel. So my name um, with a mm-hmm. period, jess.stenzel. That's how you can find me. And then I'll be up shortly, I'm sure, on the Sea Captain Coaching website. And website. that will be yeah. a great place to access you know, different things that I'm doing and how we can work together as well. Well, you might have to teach Greg that a reel is not a whole movie <laughs> from when he was a kid, but... Outside of that, uh, I think he's got the rest of it down in his marketing and branding firm. But Jess, great to spend time with you. Greg, as always, you. you're a master at uh, pulling all this together, and I appreciate you. And so with that, we're over and out. All right. Thank Thanks, Jess. Thanks for your time. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you all. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey. 